trying to say being and bearing uh-huh. with us so bearing with us bearing thanks so much for bearing that's with what us. you're doing you're bearing with us clink 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 <laughs> i am um yeah we're happy to be back we mm-hmm. are now recording season two of funeral stories the podcast where we talk about funeral stories <laughs> And all the straight fun to the point. Just straight. You know what? No, let's not fuck around. Yeah, we're literally in the home office recording this podcast. We got a new table. Yes. So that's all that's happened since. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> We've wrapped season. Yeah, one. Yeah, that's really what took us so long to get back is we needed a new table. It had nothing to do with anything else. Anything. All no, the horrible things. No <laughs> life changing circumstances whatsoever. Just so, just a table. We're really good at laughing through the bullshit mm-hmm. and we're very thankful that we have you yes to laugh with us and right. on that note be sure to check out our patreon yes because <laughs> we can't keep doing this no <laughs> or there may not be a season three <laughs> if you like what you hear please yes. check out our patreon you can get some cool stuff i think yeah actually you totally can so yeah anyway so this episode Mm-hmm. We're going to kind of try to catch you up on where we've been, what we've been doing, what's new in the d- hood. <laughs> Who knew how much could happen in three small months? Like, I r- really feel like a different person. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you do. I feel like a different person, but in a totally different way. Yeah. Um, I don't see how you couldn't feel like a different person after everything you've been through. Right. Spoiler alert, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so why don't we just get started? So, Casey, like, let us know what you've been up to the last three months. Okay. I mean, I'll start kind of surface. Um, so, if that was June, so I turned 31 at the end of June. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember what I did for my birthday. I'm sure it was great and drunken. <laughs> um, I uh, Oh, Marla, I went to... a the day after my birthday I went to a party with Marla and um may or may not have overindulged Mm -hmm. I won't say on what or with what or with whom (laughs) but um definitely did you follow me on Instagram you'll see it um yeah no I it was a great birthday party or great what my birthday party was a great birthday and Marla made sure to make me feel like an angel um and then 4th of July, we had some people over. And then um, the end of, middle middle to end of July, I went to St. Croix with my one of my best friends, Jen, who lives in um, West Hollywood. And so she flew in to Atlanta, and then we flew from Atlanta to St. Croix. So she, like, left at, like, 1 a.m. her time, and then 
got into Atlanta and then took another five hour flight to St. Croix. So by, by the time we got there, we were like exhausted and I've never been to St. Croix, but I thought like, Oh, it's tropical Island. It's going to be paradise. It's going to be like this very luxury vacation. And it was not. <laughs> and it, it wasn't and not like and, and I gotta be honest I was a I, I know we joke a lot about me being bougie on this podcast and I'm really not I'm no from she's South really Georgia. not you're really like one of the most down-to-earth people thanks, ever thanks you just like to dress up fancy I like to dress I'm like Dolly Parton yeah I like to get real pretty but you're one of these people that could seriously not that you could make something from Walmart look like bitch that's the best compliment ever but that's what i'm saying like you can make something from thank you somewhere look like a million dollars thank you i appreciate that i just prefer the million dollar dresses yeah (laughs) but you carry around a coach purse yes i've had it for like seven years but you'll have a coach purse but also like target shoes oh girl yes i'm wearing crocs (laughs) <laughs> cannot believe I just recorded that. Y'all, they're not what they look like. They're they're not those Crocs. No, they're like they're cute Crocs. jelly, like 90s, like Clarissa Explains It All Crocs. I'm a stylist, and they're cute Crocs. They go with everything. Like, yeah. Everything. So, yeah. So, I was in St. Croix, but I just had an idea of a vacation. I was like, I want blue water and sunshine. And there was sunshine, but where we were staying, first of all, we get off the airplane. We're, like, driving around. And excuse me. And we, I've realized like everything in this place is flattened. It's like mm-hmm. this, it looks sad. And it wasn't long before I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Hurricane Maria and Hurricane Irma destroyed these islands. Mm-hmm. And so we get there and they had had like a tropical disturbance like two weeks before so the blue water was not blue where we were staying and I was like already in a pissy mood and then I was it was probably day two and I was like I need a home <laughs> and I realized like that's really shitty of me actually you know it was probably the end of day one when I was like that's not fair because like I can have just as good a time here but I just need to like get out of this gated area and go meet people and I met so many amazing people um we were driving down the we rented a car and Jen's Aunt Marty was driving it and it was brutal it was a Jeep Wrangler and when I say they have potholes <laughs> they're not pot they're pot canyons <laughs> they are we would hit it and literally bounce up and hit our heads on the roof and if you had to pee your bladder was empty <laughs> by the time you hit the seat again like it was it was really bad and they even warn you about the potholes at the airport so it's like so bad <laughs> but we were like driving around and we saw this sign that was like on this giant uh like piece of plywood and it said thank you linemen we have power and it was like big like hearts and stars and i was like what what's that about and then i just realized i was like oh my god these they're literally thanking the people that are working on their power like and and so i went and talked to like a a local bartender that was there and he was like yeah the the linemen when they came down here they were saying that like in new york city they throw things at them after two days if they don't have power and here they they didn't have power for like six months Jeez. Like they were running on, they were like the whole neighborhood, or maybe I think it was three months. I think they got it back like the day after Christmas. Jeez. So, but they're like, we have, we're all sharing one generator in the entire um, neighborhood or entire whatever. And people are dying, you know, like they're, 
people don't can't get to a hospital. There's no way to call anyone. I guess AT&T came down and put like extra like generators in for the cell towers. And then people would steal those generators. Jeez. So it was just like they needed fucking power. They didn't have clean water. And so what happened, and this is why it was unique and why I'm even talking about it. So Hurricane Marie or Hurricane Irma came through. I may be wrong. But Hurricane Irma came through and completely destroyed St. Thomas. And uh, one of our cab drivers showed us where her daughter lived when we were like up on the side of the hill. And it was so heart- heartbreaking. I mean, this is a year later. And it was completely demolished, this entire house. And this like people's, they've lived there their entire lives. They're American citizens. And their homes are completely demolished. And they still haven't gotten anything from FEMA. Right. You know, and you're just like, what the? Yeah. So, I mean, keep in mind, Donald Trump said he met with the president of the Virgin Islands. <laughs> Bitch, you are the president of the U.S. Virgin <laughs> Islands. They're the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah. So anyway. USVI. Um, USVI, bitch. So we were in St. Thomas. So Irma hit St. Thomas. So what St. Croix did is they took all of their resources and sent them on ferries and boats over to St. Thomas, which is... It's like a two-hour ferry ride. We went to St. Thomas when we were there. It was a two-hour ferry ride. Um, And two weeks later, after they had completely gotten, sent all their resources to St. Thomas, because St. Thomas is the big tourist island. Um, And St. Croix, they say St. John's is the national park. St. Thomas is the tourist island. And St. Croix is where the locals live. So St. Croix sent all of their stuff to St. Thomas. Two weeks later, Hurricane Maria came through and completely demolished St. Croix. So they had nothing. Wow. They had gotten rid of everything. Or they, they had sent everything to St. Thomas. So it was it was kind of like an eye-opening experience because it wasn't that like touristy, not, yeah, touristy vacation that I wanted. It wasn't me like getting pina coladas on the beach and just chilling. But, you know, I did get to do some really cool stuff. I got to go scuba diving. I yeah. Nope, not scuba diving, snorkeling, because fuck <laughs> that shit. I was like, you went scuba diving? Nope. My heart would my heart would stop immediately. <laughs> I did not go scuba diving. This is also the, oh, oh, here's some other good news. This was the week I decided to quit smoking cigarettes. Yes. So I'm now two months without Woo-hoo. a cigarette. Yeah. So really, life-changing in that way. Life-changing in that way. But I'm like going like snorkeling. And they, you were pretty fucking deep. And we were in, it's the largest um, underwater national park. Mm-hmm. So it's like crazy the stuff you can like snorkel through a shipwreck did you see any sharks oh no but i got fucking this close you can see what i'm it's like an inch to a (laughs) fucking barracuda and i was like fuck this fuck this fuck this fuck this trying to get away from it and next thing i know like i'm into it like i hit a coral reef and i'm not trying to kill a fucking coral reef no it was trying to kill me It like yeah. burned and bruised my legs so bad, and I was so like, "So then you're bleeding, and then yeah. you're thinking, all oh, right, well, now, now a shark.'" No, the tour guide was like, "Over here, over here." He's like, "No, no, 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 you no. can't bleed." No. So then we get back on the boat. We go, <laughs> "What?" Oh. So then we get back on the boat. I was hitting the table. <laughs> so then we get back on the boat, and we go to this place called Turtle Beach, and we have a great time. And then, on the way back, me and my friend Jen, they give you a complimentary rum punch. Well, he really liked us and gave us complimentary <laughs> rum punch in a bottle. <laughs> so, and by the time it was done, we had three bottles of rum punch. Wow. And we were giving a tour. We were being our own tour guides to the boat, 
telling everyone that Lord of the Rings was filmed on St. Croix and Forrest Gump was actually filmed on St. Croix. And little known fact, Harry Potter was actually filmed right over on that side of the island. I mean, it was just dumb. So anyway, all that, it was, it ended up being a great trip, but it was kind of like getting to, oh, and the cemeteries there. Oh, wow. Holy shit. I kept being like, please stop. I want to take pictures. I dropped my phone. Oh, that's right. So I couldn't take pictures. You didn't have. I was so bummed because the cemeteries were so incredible. Yeah. Um, Like, I mean, they're so old. They've been there for fucking ever, it feels like. Um, But yeah, that was cool. And then other than that, um, my, um, I haven't talked to my uncle Doug. So quick change. Yeah. So (laughs) just to go come down a bit now. Yeah. So St. Croix was cool. But my, um. I haven't talked to my uncle Doug since May, since like, or Mother's Day, I want to say, right after my grandfather's funeral, I think. Yeah, I haven't talked, I don't know. I haven't talked to him since my grandfather's funeral, my grandfather's funeral. And um, I just think he's busy. He's tied up in the probate. I've talked to uh, my Aunt Dee Dee, his wife, but I'm, I'm really missing them because I thought I had found this family and now I'm not um able to communicate with them and there's just a lot going on with that and I don't want to say more than I feel like I can because I don't want to piss anyone off um, yeah but what I will say is that my dad went off the complete fucking deep end he's threatening to sue me and my sister <laughs> it's Jeez. um he is threatening like th- literally threatening our lives my sister had to give a picture of him to her son's school to be like don't let this man near my child oh wow it's been he's said like horrible things i think i did i I, did i ever talk about how he said that he you know wished he never had us and no none of that yeah he um yeah he threat he like called us he said we're we were fucking stupid and that which this is nothing new to me. Yeah. I'm just like, cool, brother. <laughs> like, I know it. No, you don't care. He apparently got a felony for a uh, having a, an explosive device and uh, misleading law enforcement officer regarding a missing persons. And it's just a lot. This actually could probably be a whole podcast. Maybe we'll just do that later in this season. <laughs> yeah, when everything gets settled and you feel like you can talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right, I don't think, the thing is, is like with him, I don't take anything seriously, but Jenny's at the point where she is taking it seriously because she kind of opened up. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm just like, you're still a scary, like a sad old man. You're not scary, but it it is getting a little scary. Um, and I still like fear he's gonna be the way I die like I literally like there's a big part of me and anytime I go that to that place I'm like no like that's just your childhood like yeah the fact that he tormented you your whole life like you're he you're okay but then we like paid the $50 or whatever $30 to do the background check and my address comes up on his background check so he knows he knows where I live he knows where Jenny lives it's fucking terrifying because yeah he is insane and what is worse than a crazy old man that's lost everything that literally has nothing else to lose yeah and I think that's I think the biggest catalyst of this is gonna be 
everything going on with my with that with his side of the family in yeah. the sense of like his last I know his brothers aren't talking to him and I'm sure he thinks it's my fault and Jenny's fault and you know he he said horrible things about my mom because he always does it's yeah because he always does because she's horrible and awful she's the yeah. worst yeah she's she only raised me <laughs> when I yeah. celebrate Father's Day guess who I celebrate yeah my mom yeah so, and mother she gets father's day and mother, mother's day and father's day so yeah that's going on and then i'm trying to think like what else happened um i mean who's died since in the last three months for me i think i've been i mean john mccain died <laughs> <laughs> john mccain and aretha franklin yeah i don't did, did i lose anyone oh i mean i didn't but i mean i did i guess the world did rachel's um ex killed himself so that was shitty he like sold all of his stuff and his he had moved to atlanta and then sold all of his belongings and what's crazy is rachel was here maybe two weeks ago and two or three weeks ago she was here and we like she was her phone was charging in the kitchen i was like oh my god scotty just texted her that's so funny like i haven't talked to him in forever i need i was like oh i should you know reach out to him lo and behold I didn't even follow him back on Instagram and I'm like damn and it's so crazy how stupid little things like that once they're gone you're like it's almost like you blame yourself it's like I did not follow him back it wasn't that I did not follow him back it was that I have 20,000 followers and I didn't realize he was following me yeah didn't even know he had an Instagram and so then, of course, when he died, and I went to Instagram to look him up, and I was like, fuck, and it said follow back. I'm like, I had this moment of just feeling guilty, you know? Like, yeah. I could have been there for him. I should have reached out more. But uh, I think that's natural. Yeah. People feel that way. I mean, I would be a, probably a sociopath if I didn't feel that way. But <laughs> I was like, but yeah, he sold all of it. He moved to Atlanta, and then he sold all of his stuff, and he shot himself in the head, and oh, apparently man. they didn't find him for a couple of days, and his family... they're I don't know Mm. super Christian I guess and didn't want to they're not gonna like do a funeral for him Mm. so they had like a big thing for him like all of his friends had a thing for him and that was sad um and I feel bad for Rachel because he was a really good boyfriend yeah he was just not the right not the right one yeah so other than that let's see Layla started school yeah I feel like I'm rambling now um, <laughs> go to New Orleans at the end yeah. of this month. That's it. Um, it's been a pretty solid, decent. I mean, other than you know that, um, it's been pretty good. The only thing that's really been keeping me down has been worrying about you, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> so I want you tell them your devastating news. I, 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 we should have said in the beginning, just fast forward through Casey, so you can get to the good stuff. <laughs> No, because if you're no. listening to this podcast, you don't want the actual good stuff. <laughs> like you the know good the trauma. news, the good news. Give me the trauma. So, but you've been like the grief stuff. You've been pretty good, like dealing with everything. I mean, you feel like you've been processing everything with your grandparents and. Hmm. <laughs> Funny you should ask. Um. I think if my dad would just, you know, it's so funny. I was listening to episode 13 
last night, the one with me and Gary. Mm-hmm. And I always fast forward to like 38 minutes because that is the crux of the episode for yeah. me. For me, that was my moment of being like, and I finally, like, I realized last night, I was like, if I could just get this snippet and play it for everyone, they would understand that I'm not heartless. I'm not cold when I say, I wish my dad would die. No one think, yeah. I think people do. People, it's, 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 it's a very jarring phrase to say. It's very, people are like, what? like, I mean, look, your dad's dead. Yeah. You know, our friend Bob, who is a guest, his dad's dead. That is a, to, to people that have lost their father, that's probably a very gut-wrenching, horrible thing to hear. But I, that snippet from that episode where I'm talking to Gary and I say, I didn't realize that I want my dad to die because when he's finally gone, I feel like I can finally start to process my grief. Yeah. Because my grief has been ongoing my whole life. Yeah. Because it's a constant attack, a constant abuse. And the things he says, like, he only cares about himself. And that's so hard. Yeah. So I think when it comes to my grandparents, I don't know that I've necessarily made, not like, I wish I'd, I will always wish I was there with my Nana. I could have been there more. And I hate how my grandfather died. I hate it. But Um, it's, it's almost like your grief is so wrapped up with your dad like their grief you grieving them is so wrapped up with your dad you can't really process your grief with them because it's so wrapped up with all that talking to my 10 year old nephew (laughs) i picked him up from school and i said um yeah laura's coming this weekend does he remember who i am yes he does he does (laughs) he definitely does i was like laura's coming this week and he goes oh i was like you know laura he's like yeah and i was like yeah we're we're recording our podcast and he goes wait you have a podcast and i was like yeah it's called funeral stories he's 10 he's like it's called funeral stories (laughs) then he goes that's weird and i was like yeah yeah it is it is and like i kind of explained it to him and i was like don't you remember when we went to Nana's funeral and like how me and your mom were just like, we were so sad because our Nana was gone, but then we saw our dad for the first time in 10 years. It's like, and he was like, yeah. And I met him for the first time that I remember. And like, and he was like, yeah. And he goes, wow, I never realized how many things actually happen at funerals. And I was like, (laughs) exactly. And he goes, yeah, that's not really that weird that you do it. It's just kind of smart. And Aww. I was like, Maddox, you're so cute. And then he goes, He's the best. Well, no, then he goes, I'm just kidding. It's evil. And then he goes, I'm just kidding. It's smart. And I was like, okay, little shit. Shut up. Watch your iPhone. Full of YouTube. Chill. No, I'm just kidding. I love him so much. He's very intuitive. Yeah. But yeah, I just think, I feel like I come across on this podcast very much like, I want everyone to share their story, but I don't really want to share much more of mine. And I don't want it to seem like that. It's just that. I don't think you come across that way at all. But okay. I think my people haven't been dead long enough to like let the emotions die to where I can speak about them in a way. Like my dad's not even dead. And here I am talking about him. Yeah. You know, I think you've been very open about your feelings about your dad. So. Yeah. And I, I hope that like I can talk more about Tommy and all that this season. But for right now 
the, the stuff you haven't talked about it's out of respect for yes, the situation at because hand. it's and i and believe me if i didn't have respect it is such an unbelievable fucking story yeah that i would have sat here and told it and been like sorry it's too good not to put on the podcast yeah i mean but tommy's situation you want to you know get permission from the people involved yeah. and with your situation with your dad you need to make sure that some things are settled there so i mean the probate yeah i mean i mean it's fine yeah and also like but i was just mainly i am scared of my dad still yeah there's a little yeah i hate to admit that i hate to admit that i'm scared of him but i'm fucking terrified of him i have a nightmare i should really get back to therapy (laughs) (laughs) i probably have a nightmare once or twice a week about him yeah jenny even way more but yeah like i'll wake up in like crying mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh my god but like the the level of abuse that we survived like we're not victims we're survivors yeah like the level of abuse we survived is and are still technically surviving is kind of outrageous so he can go fuck himself and hope he dies soon yeah no yeah. clink clink <laughs> <laughs> cheers to that yeah Oh, God. You know, there's this song, and I want to do a podcast just about music. Yeah. Like, for, like, what, and, like, or lyrics or poems or whatever, like, helps you cope with death. Gosh. And, because, <laughs> right, we could do yeah. a whole season on that. Mm-hmm. There's this one song by Death Cab for Cutie, and it's called Styrofoam Plates. And it's, it's the lyrics, it starts on, it says, Styrofoam Plate, or, um, okay, it starts on, it says, there's a saltwater film on the jar of your ashes. I threw them to sea, but a gust flew them backwards, and the sting in my eye that you then inflicted was par for the course just when you were living. Have I done this before? I've, I mean, I've heard this song before. Oh, okay. I was yeah. like, have I said this on the... But then it goes on. It talks about, like, you know, it, you know, growing up poor and, like, you know, uh, styrofoam plates, cafeteria, tables, charity reeks of cheap wine and pain. It's talking about, like, being at, like, a Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. It says... I'm thinking of you as I do every year as we counted our blessings and wonder what we're doing here. It's no stretch to say you were not quite a father, but a donor of seeds to a poor single mother that would raise us alone. We never saw the money that went down your throat through the hole in your belly. Mm. And then it goes on and there's, he's like, sets the scene that they're at his funeral and it goes on and it says, uh, I won't join in the procession that speaking your piece using $5 words while praising his integrity. And just because you're gone, it doesn't change the fact you were a bastard in life, thus a bastard in death. Mm. And to me, and I sent those lyrics to my dad when he reached out to me. I was like, listen, dude, this is you. Like, yeah. So that song to me, that there is no song more personal, personal to me. And I'm not like the biggest Death Cab for Cutie fan. I love Death. I love the photo album when I was in like ninth grade. It was like great. Yeah, but those lyrics, I mean, it speaks to me, and that is how I feel. Like I don't know how I'll feel when he dies, but I know that he will still be a piece of shit. Yeah, just because he's dead, we're not gonna fucking rewrite history. Right. Your eulogy, if I have any fucking say, is still gonna say, "Nah, fuck him." Yeah. Literally, it's just going to be like, he's and, gone. I mean, I have an aunt that's trying to rewrite her history. And my, my grandmother was not a piece of shit. Yeah. By any stretch of the imagination. But she's... I have One of my aunts is trying now to sort of 
rewrite what her history with my grandmother was. Wait, to say she was... No, not to say that she was bad, but like she was the one that sort of like ran away and tried to like make it out that like things were... I mean, things were, I mean, my grandfather was an alcoholic, you know, and so, and things were bad in the house, not, not nearly like what you went through, but like she, things weren't perfect. Things weren't perfect in the house, but like maybe now she's making it out like it was perfect, like it was perfect and my grandmother could do no wrong and she was just, so it's so bizarre when people, grief is weird, grief is weird. Yeah. You know, and I want, I often wonder if I'm going to, because Recently, I was like, you know, I've been, they upped my Adderall. Oh, that's the biggest thing that's happened to me. My ADD medication. Yay. My prescription's been upped. Thank you, Dr. Chisholm. It's been seven long years and I needed it. Um, so I was like going through some stuff, just trying to get my life in order. And I found some pictures of my dad. And it's so funny what pictures can do. Mm-hmm. Because you have, when you don't look at them a lot, you have these I, I, or memories in your mind and... Even if you remember, I'm a firm believer that like even if a child remembers something totally different, mm-hmm. they're remembering that way for a reason. Yeah. So, you know, my childhood was really only not awful because of my mom and my sisters. Yeah. Like my dad did everything in his power to make it pretty fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. So, but then I go back and I look at these pictures and I'm like, oh, he's throwing me up in the air in the pool, like. If someone only saw these pictures, they'd be like, oh, my God, she's so lucky. Yeah. And if I weren't, if I were the Casey I was 10 years ago, I'd probably still be, like, defending him. Yeah. But the Casey 10 years ago didn't deserve any love. Does that make sense? Like, I would defend my father because that's my dad. And he wasn't all bad. But the Casey 10 years ago... Never thought she was worthy of anything. Uh, okay, I get what you're saying. I was like, yeah. you deserve love, but I, I get what you're. Yeah, I, like, I get what like you're saying. In my mind, I'm right. Like, okay, I get what you're saying. It's just that parallel of mm-hmm. me now and me then. So mm-hmm. back then, it was like I was everything my dad said I was. Yeah, I was fat. I was ugly. I was worthless. I was never going to amount to anything. I was going to work at a fast food restaurant. Shout out to all fast food workers. I've done it, and it is not easy. Yeah. I got fired from a fast food job, so <laughs> I can't do it. But to him, but that's like his holier-than-thou fucking attitude. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, he bought Jenny a fucking headset for her graduation to say, do you want fries with that? Like, that's the level of emotional abuse. Then that's just the emotional abuse. Yeah. So, like, but, like, I was all these things, and I believed it. Yeah. Like, I believed it about myself. I would, I did not, you know, that line, we accept the love we think we deserve. hmm That was me. And, you know, a lot of things happened in my life with him and with just my life where I don't know why, but I went into autopilot, and I was just like, I'm going to get my education. I'm going to prove him wrong, yada, yada, yada. And fast forward 10 years, and I don't even know that girl. And if I saw that girl, I would just hug her. Yeah. Like, I would just say, I'm sorry. Quit lying to yourself. Look at your life. Like, look at what your dad really is. And yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, my grief is never going to end with him. I mean, grief doesn't end. It doesn't have an expiration date. Mm-hmm. It goes on. So, yeah, that's... Yeah. Ah, I thought it was going to be short. 
I was wrong. I was just wondering where you were, like, with your grief as far as your grandparents. You know, it's so funny because when we talk about this, I'm always like, yeah, I don't really have much to say. (laughs) I think I'm just going to, like, blow through it. And then we could do it all in one episode. We'll just blow through it and then we'll get into your stuff because your stuff is crazy. But, you know, we'll just get through it. And then all of a sudden I start talking about it. I'm like, oh, wait. Fuck, this is. This is, it's so misleading because this is why I haven't done therapy in so long because I've been waiting for the microphone. Which there have been several people that say, like, it's like therapy. So, yeah. So, Laura, how have you been processing your grief? Well, it's been so, really fun, huh? Yeah. I mean, you know, grief, it's, it's fun. Um, so, I guess. Are you already crying? No. Oh. I'm scratching my nose. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. This started quick. This, this is, I mean, if you were, I'd be like, go girl. All right. So we're just diving straight in. Cool. No. Here come my tears. I was asking because I'm already crying for you. <laughs> so, well, I guess, like, I mean, we've mentioned ambiguous grief and all of that before, but I guess when I was at my grandma's, I was having emotions, taking care of her, but the way I've kind of come up with it in my head was I was just kind of taking everything in the minute, in the moment and all the emotions I was having, taking care of her and just shoving it into a bottle. Mm-hmm. And then after I wasn't taking care of her anymore. Surviving. Yeah, because you have to, you know, when someone has wet the bed or, you know, is... And it's probably very similar to, like, having a toddler or having a baby. But there's a promise of a future. Yeah. But it's in that way, like, when there's a situation going on, you just have to deal with that situation. It's not their fault. Yeah. You can't deal with the emotions you're having about it. You just have to take care of the situation. Just survive somehow. Yes. (laughs) So you just put the emotions in a bottle and think, "I'll I'll deal with that later. So I was shoving all those emotions deep down into that bottle. And then... After she died, the emotions just kind of started coming out. <laughs> As they always do. In no particular order. <laughs> what is it that Cameron says? Sit with your grief. Yeah. Love your grief. Get mad at you. So, <laughs> Give your grief attention. And when you don't, and they're going to attack you. It didn't, it didn't happen immediately. But I would say just a few months or a couple months later... It just kind of started happening where I just wasn't processing things the way I would normally. I remember being like, you're even saying you're not yourself. Yeah. I mean, like you threw a shampoo bottle. That was where it all started. That was where it all started because I something is off. I thought I'm yeah, I got on the scale and I thought I had to I've been trying to lose a little bit of weight because I gained some weight when I was at her house because it just yeah. hadn't been exercising or eating like I should and was trying to get back on it. And when I realized I hadn't lost any weight, I threw a bottle of shampoo across the room and I thought, that's not how you <laughs> normally process emotion. This is this is not you. And so that's when I called my dear friend who's a nurse practitioner and she said well let's do something about this so i went in for that um was one of the reasons and i had also you know noticed a spot on my chest a freckle that had sort of a new friend (laughs) a new little freckle mutation (laughs) that's really i mean like a mutated freckle and so which like i was Because I was down in 
South Georgia right before my birthday at the end of June. Yeah. Like almost my birthday week. Yeah. And you were like, oh, this weird thing showed up. And, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's weird. You could check out. And then my mom was like, yeah, I'd get that checked out. That's not good. Yeah. And then. Yeah. You showed Bianca. So, <laughs> um, and she said, yeah, I don't like anything about that. Uh, do you have a dermatologist? And I was like, no, because I've always had terrible, terrible luck with dermatologists. Very sensitive skin. And uh, <laughs> wait, wait, like your skin is very like it gets its feelings hurt a lot. Yes, yes. Very, very <laughs> sensitive, reactive skin. It gets very angry, very, very easily. red, <laughs> very easily. Red is the color of anger. <laughs> so, so she referred me to a dermatologist or an, another nurse practitioner in a dermatology clinic, and so went, had it biopsied, and, and what time? You gotta get like the timeline for. It was the week of July fourth. Was when okay. I had it biopsied, and yeah. um, I knew it was a something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the difference between all the different things that are somethings, right? Yeah. The nurse practitioner calls me and she says, okay, it's a malignant melanoma. <laughs> and I'm still like, okay, cool. Sounds good. No, I have almost no reaction to it because I knew it was a something. <sighs> and and but, uh, this like for me, I didn't know. <laughs> That's so hard to process because if someone said exactly. the words malignant I knew and then melanoma, right? I would have been like, well, I, goodbye world. And like, I'm not a, I'm not a, a new malignant is not a good word. Yes. And malignant is the opposite of benign, which means nothing. And I'm also. Malignant means really bad. And I also am not a person that deep dives. I'm not a like, let's go at the worst place that you can that was what was most alarming for me is when you did and i i don't go like if if something's wrong i i'm like webmd mayo clinic those are two two i don't go any further than that normally and so yeah but all it takes is that but she's giving me these numbers and she's you know telling me the information and i'm writing it all down so then, not long after that, my friend, who's the nurse practitioner, texts me, and she said, they just called me and told me about the melanoma. Are you okay? And when she said so that, that was- all of a sudden I went, do I need to be more worried than I feel <laughs> right now? All of a sudden that kind of triggered something in mm-hmm. me because i thought if my friend is worried Wait, so they call did you have her written down i was like yeah oh, okay because like, she was the one that had referred me and they okay. told me they were going to call her office and fill them in oh, on everything okay. that was yeah. so yeah so they called her office and let her know so then yeah. she you know but Not she's that like, i'd be like i mean you would have yeah. had her as an emergency contact oh anyway, yeah like, she oh i have her yeah. as like <laughs> gary and her are my two emergency contact people because i my if yeah, yeah, Gary won't know what's going on in any kind of situation. So she's no. my number two. <laughs> I even told my mom that because I'm like, Mom, you never answer your phone anyway. So. Yeah, and you know I damn sure don't. And I'm four hours away. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. Um, but then I started like actually looking up information. And so they're telling me six millimeters is how deep mine is. And at eight millimeters is when it metastasizes. And so they're it telling just me, grows and grows and grows. Mm-hmm. Do you know how long it had been there? 
I want to say, I'm going to say somewhere around six months was how long it had been there. I know it wasn't there the summer before. I know it had been there for a little while. So, but they tell me that it's six millimeters and at eight millimeters is when it risks metastasizing. And, um, and with that, like what goes along with that is you, you know, with your skin, you have your epidermis is the top layer of skin. And then there's the dermis and below that is your subcutaneous layer. Mm -hmm. And so the subcutaneous layer has the, where your red blood cells and all of that, you know, all your, (laughs) the places where things can start spreading basically. Mm -hmm. So if it's, at eight millimeters, there are some parts of your body where if it gets into that, that's where the depth comes in. So if it gets into the at subcutaneous layer, that's where it can start to metastasize. So mine was in the dermis. It had not made it to the subcutaneous layer yet. Okay. So, but it was already in the dermis. So did they tell you this? Yeah. So you didn't you didn't have to WebMD that? No. I mean, um. I, I had learned that when I so when I was asking them questions so after Bianca had called me or after she had messaged me about you know are you okay and I thought you know should I be more worried and then I called the dermatologist back and just said okay I I think I need to understand everything you're saying a little bit better like I I went and looked on wet up MD and I don't want to freak out about this but I'm wondering if I need to freak out more and I just want to understand everything. And at this point, she told me that she wanted me to go to a surgeon, to a surgical oncologist and have everything removed. And she explained the whole process to me. And she said that because of my age, I'm about 30 years younger than the average age of onset. And so because of all that, she wanted me to just go ahead and have it taken care of because the likelihood of it happening to to me again would be oh. high oncologist yes and the so you're fact like that you have to go to a surgical oncologist right. exactly so you're like i'm 30 and i've just heard words like malignant oncologist yeah. and then she said the word cancer <laughs> and then was that the first time yeah so then and then it just starts sinking in going oh Okay, and then so as and then she told me like I think it's good that you went on WebMD like no I absolutely don't think you need to worry about it but you need to have it taken care of as soon as possible and so I was just I was still kind of processing it myself and so I was like I don't want to tell a bunch of people I mean of course I called my mom and I, I text you you text me yeah that day te- well because I I mean we have a podcast called Funeral yeah. Stories but also <laughs> you were literally. <laughs> you were literally, you were literally with me a week and a half yeah. before when you were like talking to my mom about this weird and even I was just like eh, looks like a mole yeah whatever but you know your body and the thing that worries me about it is could you imagine if it was like here on your shoulder right or like thank fuck it was right here in the middle of your chest well and then when I started doing research on it I because I don't know the difference between until at this point when I was doing research on it, I didn't know the difference between a melanoma, a sarcoma, a carcinoma. I knew all three of these words, 
But I didn't know what the difference between them was. And then I went and I started researching it and found out that melanoma is the deadliest of skin cancers. Yeah. It's the rarest. And it's and so I told all my friends, I was like, so, you know, you're all very welcome because the likelihood that any of my friends. Because well, I made the appointment like. Yeah. I, I, I had an appointment that was scheduled. So my dermatologist is in with my aesthetic dermatologist. Yeah. So I get my lip injections by Botox when mm-hmm. I go get my skin checked. Very fucking genius marketing practice. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to get my skin checked. I'll get my lips done and my face done and my Botox. So I was like, oh, I had an appointment, but I was in St. Croix. And that was like, oh, my God, like, I can't cancel. I have to go. Yeah. So then I called and did it. And and you said to me, well, because I was like, oh, I have spots I'm worried about now. You yeah. know, I was like frantically picking at my skin. Like, this yeah. is how I die. And um, you said, well, good news. <laughs> the, it's one percent of the population. The, likely, yeah. the likelihood of you getting it is very low. Yeah. Now like, I'm taking the hit for everyone. Thanks. There thanks, go. Laura. That of course you did. Yeah, it's like one percent of skin cancers, and like the I don't know. I'm thirty years younger than the average age of onset, so it's just sort of weird. And then I don't have the typical skin no. tone that has that. I mean, I'm I'm not, or at least what you think of when right. you think of like a melanoma. I'm not yeah. like pure English Irish. Like no. I'm not one of those people. I I, I can get a tan. And I like actually am yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Like, I went I went to the beach with a group of my friends, and I I'd only told one of them at this point that I had it because I just kind of wanted to wait until we were all together to tell them, and I wanted them to know before like I started telling people before my mom started telling her friends, and so I was waiting until all of them knew, and so I told them when we were there, and one of my friends t- pulled me to the side, and she said. I mean, Laura, like of all of us, you're the one that's actually the darkest. (laughs) Well, and like you're also that friend that will you'll sit under an umbrella at the beach. You will wear a rash guard. Yeah, I wear. I mean, I wear like my Columbia button down and like you don't do. I don't think I've ever been to the pool with you when you haven't been either in like a cover, like a button down like shirt or. I mean, not like while you're swimming, but like, <laughs> right? Or like, I usually wear my Columbia like 50 at SPF button down. Lather your yeah. I actually think that my um, dermatologist and the surgeon thought I was lying because they were like, "How you know, do you get out in the sun a lot? Do you ta- do tanning beds?" And I went, "No, no." I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I get out in the sun, but I have been con- really conscientious the last decade about. In fact, these, I always thought it was going to be the spots on my shoulders that yeah, got me because I mean, that's yeah. where I'm scarred from a really bad sunburn I got as a child. And I mean, I do get sunburned. So what did they tell you, though, about... Th- they don't know, right? Like, they don't know what incident caused it or what made you yeah, predisposed I mean, to it or what. There's no, no idea. Like, the thing is, in my family, there's no cancer. Like, my, I mean, the only cancers in my family... My grandfather had lung cancer, but is it's an environmental cancer because he was exposed to marble dust his whole life. I mean, he was just inhaling marble dust before there were, you know, regulations and stuff like that. Making and, monuments? Yeah. And my uncle, and he also smoked because it was... nineteen, know, Yeah. 40s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the era he grew <laughs> yeah. up in. 
So yeah, marble dust and cigarettes and alcoholism, sure. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um (laughs) and then my I had an uncle who had Hodgkin's disease for Agent Orange. Yeah. Only two cancers. Yeah. In my whole family. That's it. So it's all environmental. Well, I mean, I guess technically yours is environmental. So right, but there is a genetic component to it. So, um, like now, I'll have to put that in my medical history. That they'll, I mean, my kids are more likely. So, and the same week that I found out this awesome news, my other best friend Crystal and mother of my other two god kids had asked me to come to Disney World <laughs> with her and Fun. normally I mean like I'm not like gung-ho Disney stuff mm. but I'm also not one to pass up a free trip anywhere never because <laughs> she just said she's a school teacher in summertime and she said yo Laura yeah um my husband's working want to take the kids to Disney World Will you come with me? It's free. And all you have to pay for is your food while we're there. And at this point, I mean, why not? I mean, I'd love to spend some time with my god kids and my best friend. So, like, let's go. Yeah. And then when I found out about the melanoma, I'm like, I want to be anywhere but here. So, sure. No shit, Let's go. I mean, I just wanted to get out of town at that point and just, like, be with be with them you know be with someone else and be anywhere else so it was it worked out perfectly to just get out of town and you know so I've been having all these emotions about stuff with my and I know there were so many emotions I was having about the stuff with my grandma right before this and I I remember having this big like heart-to-heart talk with my mom but I honestly don't even remember what it was all about because it happened right before this and then you just remember I just remember like pouring out my guts and kind of feeling better about it. And then yeah. um, we're all like in bed together. And, yeah. Yeah. Just like having a big heart to heart with I my mom. I probably remember everything. more about it than you do. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then I went down there with Crystal and it was so nice. And it was just, it was really sweet to see my, my God kids have such a, a fun time and just, you know, watch them light up and, it was it was what I needed. Just it was to necessary. Sort of, it was necessary to get out of town yeah. and to see that and just have like a good innocent time like that. For those that are confused, Laura had two other god kids before Layla. Yes. So it wasn't yes. like Crystal took my child <laughs> with her. Yes. So her other two god children. Yeah, they're older. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so they're great. Yes, they are. And um, so it was just really fun to do that. And I felt so helpless. Yeah. I kept being like, I'm not. And I mean, I I just was like, I want to do more. I remember I saw you after the surgery. I Because I came down after the fourth. Right before. Well, when I came to leave my, Layla with my mom. Yeah. So not after the surgery. No, not after. No, yeah, after, after, after you diet. found yeah, out. Like yeah. I have this thing. And I remember we were in Ulta together and you were like. Yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I almost forgotten about that. Yeah. But you were like telling me like, so, you know, I'm not one to freak out, but like I was doing some research and I guess it's just, it's not good to have malignant melanoma. <laughs> and I'm yeah. Like, and I'm over here like, I wish you could see my face, but I'm like. Well, uh, yeah, but I'm also 
the only time that I'm not this like, you know, everything is awful is yeah. when I'm in your presence because I'm not trying to fucking freak you out. Yeah. But I'm like over here going in my mind. I'm going, you can't die. You can't <laughs> die. It sounds like you're going to die. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, it, or like that you could have. Right. And that's scary. Exactly. Extremely scary. It's that if. Oh, yeah. I would have been so <laughs> pissed oh my uh, when i went to uh the plastic surgeon he um he said he's you know looking through the because the, i had it closed up by a plastic surgeon because of where it, it's on my chest like in my decollete yeah yeah <laughs> and so where you can always tell a woman's age yes at first <laughs> at first when they said do you want a plastic surgeon i went nah nah i won't be that big and then at my out, the medical my, my friends that are in medicine and then my friend that's an insurance lawyer went um yes you, you yeah. want you want a plastic surgeon i mean you gotta think like the people that even just get like tiny things removed yeah that have like big scars right this is a very sensitive and it's it's all almost always <laughs> exposed on a woman right like almost i mean <laughs> you even said looking for a dress you're just like yeah fuck like there's because of where it is there's like i mean even like this is a crew neck shirt and if i bend over yeah. you can still see it Be like oh my god frankenstein yeah what's going I mean, on Le- that's how layla saw it today because she went oh, oh really <laughs> yeah i wasn't trying to show it to her at first she just like my because it's a, she's it's like you have of, a boo-boo like, yeah like, oh no what <laughs> Yeah, so and she's trying to get you a band aid. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she, I, she knows where her band aids are. <laughs> Princess band aids fix everything. Uh, so Laura oh needed her. Mm-hmm. You just need. Why didn't you just tell your pastor? It's cool. Lil has princess Lil, Lil band-aids. Has, <laughs> my goddaughter is on it with her band-aids. It's all good. Um, now, I don't need a plastic surgeon. But my goddaughter he said, has um, He said, wow, six millimeters. He said, you know what? Eight millimeters is when uh, you risk metastasizing. And I said, yeah. He said, you know what two millimeters is? And then he was, you know, he had the papers in his hand and he put two pieces of paper together. And he said, that's two millimeters. He said, you and your best friend saved your life. Like two sheets of paper, that's two millimeters. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. He said a piece of paper is a millimeter thick. So. Oh, uh-uh, that's not. What the fuck? He Hold said. On. <laughs> yeah. So. You never told me. Like, I'm. Are you sure? Yeah. I think a millimeter is like a tiny part of a centimeter. That's a real tiny part. Yeah. How big is a centimeter? I mean. <laughs> He's a doctor. I think how he many, knows. No, I know he knows, but I'm trying to... How, how many centimeters think about are how, an inch? Think about how thin your skin is. Like, that's... Yeah, I mean, that is crazy. That's the difference. He said, you and your... He said, you and your best friend saved your and life. how fast does it grow? That's crazy. I mean, in six... I mean, in from... Essentially, six months or less, it went from a freckle to six millimeters. I mean, a few more months, it would it would be a whole different story. And the thing about like, I'm gonna this say this right here is one, essentially. I mean, but it, that's probably. I mean, that's so tiny. That's probably thicker than a. Like, can you imagine? Yeah. So that would have. That's when it would have metastasized. That writ. Yeah, and the thing about melanoma, what it makes it so it's an, an incredibly aggressive. It's more aggressive than other cancers, and it immediately. It's one of these cancers that just metastasizes to your hard-to-reach organs, like your brain, your heart. Like, it just goes to where it shouldn't go really quickly. Yeah. So, that's why, like, if you get it taken out before it metastasizes, you're good. Yeah. Like, 98% survival rate. Like, 
you're fine if you get it all out before it metastasizes. That's great news. But once it metastasizes, like... So then... Oh, go ahead. Once it metastasizes, it is extremely aggressive. So then you get... That's when you get, like, the bone cancer. You get the fucking liver... The, it just goes... Brain cancer. So, <laughs> so metastasizing means... It spreads to your organs. And that's when you are you go to through chemo it's you not even like stage whatever at that point i was stage like, one yes which yes. is which i've always heard like it, it's different with different kinds of cancers right it's it yeah it is so like stage one pancreatic cancer is still fucking stage one pancreatic cancer right still pretty bad pancreatic cancer is worse than melanoma oh well right yes and but yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not racing the pain Olympics here. No, 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 no. It all sucks. But, and I thought about it, and I went, well, you know, like because you just you you're I looking, know what you're going to say, but you're looking at it and you're thinking, like, how big is a like? It's a freckle. Like a freckle can kill me essentially. And then you yeah. think, well, how big is it's, like a breast tumor? And so I looked it up, and a breast tumor is like when it metastasizes one centimeter. Yeah, it's like so a it's, pea. So it's essentially it's, the yeah. same size. Yeah. So yeah, I mean you have and and the survival rate of like stage one breast cancer is ninety eight percent, right? And the stage two, I recently looked this up. Stage two is like eighty four percent. Stage three is like seventy seven percent. Stage four, twenty three percent. I mean, it's like that's when you're like, nope. I have to tell this story. Oh, good. I love that you're so, laughing at stage four breast cancer. No, so your mom, your mom oh called me the God. day, the day. We should wake her up. The day that I found this out. She's here. Found the out the information that I, I had cancer. And um, it's still, like, I still struggle to say it. It's weird. Because um, you had, you know, called her and told her whatever and she had started sending me a text message and then she called me and she said i started sending you a text but i was just gonna call you laura i can't believe it's just so crazy and then she said and it's melanoma it's melanoma right and she said i knew this kid maybe i shouldn't tell you this story i said it's okay phyllis you can tell me i'm fine and then she unloads (laughs) and then she said there was this kid and he went in because he had this mole and they went in it was four stage four melanoma he was dead in six months cool so yeah thanks thanks phyllis thanks i feel wow i feel a lot better now having talked to you she she, she just like here's the thing she she was already like i'm not okay with this this is not okay and i'm gonna call laura so i can share with her why i'm upset you can't die yeah we need you. I mean, as soon as I said the word malignant to my mom, she starts crying. Well, of course. I mean, look and you know, at, I mean, look at it from her point of view. Like she's my mom. She can't. It's lose worse you. on her than it'll ever be on me. Oh my. Oh, of course. You know. Of course. I mean, and you yeah. know, Gary comes in, and I didn't even really like fully dispel everything to him because, and I knew it was going to be three weeks until my appointment. What's the point in like really worrying him? about everything i could learn a lot from you because so i'm just kind of like yeah it's melanoma uh-uh, uh-uh. i would i'm telling you laura <laughs> this is special about you you're a special person you know that like i would have called 
everyone I've known in the last 31 years, and I'm 31 years old. I would have posted on my Facebook. No. Bad news. I have melanoma. I still haven't posted it on my Facebook. Well, and you know what? I actually, I don't know that I would have done that. No. But I would have. I have to process things in my own time. I would have called and I would have said goodbye. I would have. <laughs> I'd have been like, and then I would have been like hit by a car the next day. <laughs> like, you know, I, I mean. But that's that's actually really fascinating that that's how you reacted. But coming back, or so anyway, I went to Disney World with you know the kiddos and everything, and um, it was a very nice distraction. And then I was, but I was still sort of processing grandma stuff, processing this information, and then driving from Valdosta back to Brunswick, which is you know a two hour drive or so. Mm-hmm. And you know how you have car thoughts. Yeah, oh yeah. Don't we all have car thoughts? Oh, yeah. Right? I do. And That's why you're listening to this podcast. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, and it wasn't even because of the cancer, because at this point, I'm not even really recognizing the fact that I have cancer. It was more about the Disney what was, World What was trip. Crystal? Crystal? Like, 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 what did she... Crystal... I don't, I mean, I haven't really talked to her in full, like, she detail just about knows how she, it was a thing. She was, I mean, she was very alarmed. She was like, how's Susan? <laughs> how's your mom? Good. And she said, I'll worry when you start to worry. But you didn't tell her you were worried. I mean, I was honest with her about like where I was with everything. But see, when I saw you at Ulta that day, I could tell you were that was when you were like i think that may have even been after disney world yeah yeah it, it was because i went to disney world like that week yeah so that was when i was like this is weird because laura is like talking about this like and yeah. you normally like we talk we catch up and you always downplay in some way shape or form what you're going through not even intentionally not in like a self-deprecating way it's just like a well, you know, yeah, it's just this. These things happen. I mean, I was worried about it, but I wasn't. I mean, the fact that you brought it up, yeah, without yeah. like, without me asking, right? I was. I wanted to ask, but then I was like, but I also think you had just come hot off like WebMD or something. To, to Ulta, I yeah, don't know. I'm trying to even remember like where I was in my process there yeah. when, when I saw you. It was after Disney World. It was mid July. Yeah, mid July. So I'm I'm not even really sure. It almost felt like you were preparing me. Like a this is just it's di- it's not what I originally thought. Yeah, and I remember. <laughs> Are you going to talk about the handout you got from your doctor? Oh, yeah. I'll okay, good. <laughs> that was I showed that to someone the other day, and I was like, um slow blink slow hard blink like really doctor okay but yeah so i was driving back from driving back from disney world and like i said this wasn't even a um like a cancer thing it was more like i've just been at disney world with my grand my god the happiest place on earth yeah with my yeah. god kids thing and i was having this thought like if you if I had like a make a wish type thing for adults, and like I said, it wasn't a cancer thing. It was that. Of the, That's great though. But like a make a wish type thing for adults. Like what? What would be your like? If someone was gonna pay for a trip for you, essentially, like what would your trip be? And then I thought at first you're thinking like, what's your um, genius question for the podcast? Well, I'm what's thi- your make a wish? But I, and I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, like at first I was thinking, you know, what's on my bucket list? But then all of a sudden it changed in my head, and I thought, 
all of a sudden it was just very different and it was like it's not Italy it's not all these things that have always been on my bucket list it was like I would want Keegan Auburn Layla like my god kids my niece Rayleigh like the kids in my life that matter to me to like go do something like swim with dolphins Hmm. do something like have this weekend like this awesome day because at that point if I'm about to like die I would want to have this day where they like remember me oh god (laughs) where they like where they like like you would like it was just like something flipped in my head where it was like if if my life was coming to an end as an adult like I would want my last hurrah to be like what I'm leaving behind to the children that I love most you know so that like when they look back they're like my last day with Lala was freaking awesome like this is what she did for me the foundation to pay for all the kids to go to Italy with you (laughs) and actually really good pasta yeah (laughs) and so oh my god Laura that's but and so then like i'm having this thought and then i start crying and we've established on this podcast that i'm not a crier and i feel like i'm the feeler she's the thinker (laughs) but i started like crying on the way home having this thought i had a shower cry when i got home and i feel like i haven't stopped crying (laughs) (laughs) since this day i like i was like are you crying already (laughs) You're like, kind of. <laughs> since the, so since like July 10th-ish. Oh my God. But it was like, that was my thought. And since, and like, I immediately got home and I was like, Discovery Cove. Like, can, like, how much would it cost for like Aww. all of us to go to like Discovery Cove together and like Layla and the Molinos and Crystal and her family and Phyllis and Mike and Sandy and we could all just go to Discovery Cove and we could swim with dolphins and Big like, Mike and have Big Mike and Gigi oh they're both Gigi's yeah there you go and just like have this awesome day like snorkeling and just like I mean in my mind like this is where I'm I'm at in this moment with everything going okay, on so I think the moral of this story is <laughs> don't wait until you're about to die. Let's just right. fucking book this vacation. Exactly. I mean, like, that's what the whole we'll thing is. We'll start a GoFundMe. <laughs> Pay for us to go to Discovery Co. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, swimming with dolphins was, like, the most magical thing to me ever. It was yeah. the best. And so, you know, but that was, and it was just yeah. weird. It was, like, all of a sudden, something in my head just, like, Like, because when you're alive, changed. you're not facing death. They, of course, it's, like, like your bucket grandeur, list. Yes. Like, so you're, like, I want to see the pyramids. I want to go to Italy. I want to eat my way through Italy. Yeah. I want to do this. I, I want to see Pink here. Floyd play in the pyramids. But like, when, like, the idea of, like, you're facing your your death you think i want to leave behind an impression on the people that matter most and that's my god kids yeah and my niece i mean you know like the children in my life that are so important to me and it would just like (gasps) and then i you know that went on to some other thoughts i was having about them and it was just it was a lot to unpack (laughs) it was very you don't say it was very intense and so oh god yeah so all that happened and it's just so unlike you to like 
feel that way. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. To like get emotional about, yeah. like have a thought and get emotional about it. Yeah. 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 And so that's where I went there. <laughs> and so I was, and like I said, I feel like it all had a lot to do with just still unpacking everything about my grandma and then everything that was going on with the melanoma and then yeah. just everything else. And then, so now, so that happened. And, but it was also a really nice thought at the yeah. same time. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, it was also like kind of a nice realization to have. And yeah. And then uh, we went to the doctor's appointment And like I said, it was three weeks until I went to the surgeon and I just kind of decided I'm not really going to tell Gary the full, like, I mean, I I told him it's melanoma. I can't remember if I used the word cancer or not. I just didn't really go into like full, a full explanation because I didn't understand the point of worrying him. And I thought if he's going to the doctor's appointment, but I did tell him like, they said you need to be at the doctor's, you need to have someone there at the doctor's appointment with you. Yeah, because, yeah. So, um will you I mean can you get off work like will you go with me if you can't get off work like mom can go with me and he was like I'll go with you like of course I'll go with you yeah of course I, mean, I will yeah and so he went with me and I think that's when he maybe started to I was like well, when he goes to the doctor's office and hears it from the surgeon it will start to yeah. sink in with him like what's going on god he can't lose you and I mean it's I mean they've got it all out and I'm gonna have the well this cancer anyway <laughs> so who knows what else you're eat up with <laughs> do they just do an all over just like a once over like mm, sorry got a little lung a little bit of elbow cancer we're worried about cancer. we're real worried about that big toe oh no now my <laughs> biggest biggest fear oh no is melanoma of the eyeball it's a thing like um you're gonna very rarely see me without sunglasses on because that is my new biggest fear hold on you need to take a hard pause that's a fucking thing because yeah like even when the surgeon was like yeah you got it in one of the worst places i went hold up bub no (laughs) listen i've been on the google (laughs) dr google has really changed my view i i appreciate what you're doing here and like the doctor thing that you're doing for me right now but have you heard about melanoma of the (laughs) eye it's wild bro because um I'm what gla- happens i'm going glass half full <laughs> yeah and at least i don't have melanoma of the eyeball <laughs> i just did the douchiest laugh but it was so real okay the fuck what happens when you have that i didn't go that deep dive i just saw that how common thing. is it i need everything <laughs> you, you can, need to do a research episode you can go on deep dive on that one i'm not going there <laughs> i'm gonna do a research episode Mm-mm. on eyeball melanoma i can't i can't do eyeballs <laughs> i don't if we do can eyeballs. do dead babies i'm gonna <laughs> your daughter earlier was like laura i like to do this and pulling her like cheek down and showing i was like child don't don't you do gonna that. give yourself eyeball melanoma <laughs> like i can't look at you when you're doing that it's not cute i can't i can't I mean, deal surely you like lose your eye right probably oh she's she's gagging Mm-mm. we've lost her oh god rest in peace love i can't <laughs> she's gone i'm like rubbing my i can't 
I can't deal. You're she's hard blinking right now. Like both eyes really like rolling them around, really letting them marinate. (laughs) She's letting them marinate. She's just (laughs) all right. We're good. Okay, open. All right. Anyway, Mm -hmm. okay. So so no eyeball melanoma. Okay. So all right. Let's just thank fuck. Okay. Guess what, guys? The story only gets worse. Funeral Stories is produced by Seth and Molino, and music is by John Pope. Check out our website and blog by going to www.funeralstories.com. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Funeral Stories, and on Instagram at Funeral underscore Stories. Donate to our cause on Patreon to unlock subscriber rewards. And please don't forget to send your funeral stories to funeralstoriespodcast at gmail.com or hello at funeralstories.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes and listen on your preferred podcasting service. Thanks, guys. Bye.